This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Ever wonder about the stories of the women around you? We wanted to create an intentional space for women to share the wisdom they have gained through life experiences. Tune in to be in awe of some of the Wonder Woman in our midst. Wondering Woman on ORFM Dunedin. Kia everyone, and thanks for tuning in to the session of Wondering Women. I am your host, Amy Armstrong, today. I'm doing it solo. Um, my other teammates aren't able to be here today, but I do have a lovely guest with me today. Her name is Mai Tamimi. Welcome, Mai. Thank you. It's really wonderful to have you on the show, and um, I met Mai... Gosh, it was many years ago now. Mai was studying her PhD at Otago. Um, we met on campus, and um, I was very inspired by Mai's life story and um, have known her in various roles since. But it's just lovely to have you here today, Mai, to hear a bit about your story. So can you just give us a little introduction about yourself and where you're from and whatever else you want to tell us? Oh, thank you. Thank you. I would start by saying assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. May Allah peace and mercy be upon you. Um, kia ora everyone. Um, ko Hebron ti Monga, ko Jordan ti Awa, um, ko no Palestine aho, um, ko Tamimi tuku Iwi, ko Jalal tuku Hapu, ko Mai tuku Ingwa. Uh, my name is kia Mai. Kia ora. Thank you. Um, my name is Mai, and um, I'm originally Palestinian. I'm a Palestinian Kiwi now. I became a New Zealand citizen back in May last year. Oh, congratulations. And thank you. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, I, I, re- I still remember the time when we met on campus. So um, I came to New Zealand in 2008 um, mm. to do my PhD. And I believe that was around that time or maybe we met in early 2009 when I started to be more involved with the um, the work the chaplaincy in the Naden has been doing in, uh, in at Otago University. Mm. But um, as I mentioned, originally Palestinian, I was born in a um, town called or a city in the southern area of Palestine called Hebron in Arabic Al-Khalil um, and grew up there. Um, I uh, grew up having two brothers. Uh, my parents uh, worked as teachers. They are retired teachers now. Um, grew up in uh, Hebron in Palestine. Uh, did my first degree in Jordan in English language and journalism. Wow, cool. Yeah, and then I um, started working as a teacher. And um, five years after that, I realized that I can do more than teaching, even though I highly value the um, the um, job that teachers do around mm. the world and mm. the importance of it. And I always believe that um, the the prophets, all prophets, um, mission is actually around teaching mm. so I have, I highly value that especially that I grew up um, in a family with parents as I mentioned who worked as teachers for long but I realized that there are um, other things that I can do for my community in Palestine so 
um, I started working with international organizations um, in the area of community development with a focus on education. Um, started working with Save the Children US and then Save the Children Alliance, um, the World Vision, Oxfam GB, and a number of organizations. Um, some years following that, um, I decided to do my master's degree. So I did my master's degree in, um, or graduated from uh, Al-Quds University in Palestine. And my um, focus was, or the, the master's was in um, rural sustainable development and institutional building. Um, and after that, I continued working in the area of community development with um, international organizations in Palestine, supporting different target groups, especially women. Mm. Um, then came the idea of applying for um, a, an opportunity to do my PhD. So I did put two applications, one for a university in Australia and another um, was sent to Otago University. So the one in Australia was rejected because of um, lack of super or there wasn't a supervisor to, um, to, to be with me on that journey. But I received the acceptance for a scholarship from the University of Otago and my journey started from there to look for how to um, prepare for visas for myself for my family mm. until we ended up coming to the country um, at that time I came with my husband and my two children a daughter and a son and after that, like in um, one year later, I uh, gave birth of another daughter who's Kiwi by birth and who's now 12 years old. Wow. Yeah, I yeah. think you were, I think when I did meet you at Otago, you were just arrived and also pregnant. So huge life yeah. changes for you. Yes. But lucky yes, us in Otago that... Um, yeah, that your application here was the one that was accepted because it's been really great having you part of our community. And um, thank you, yeah. thank you, indeed, thank you so much. Yeah. yeah. So that, like, that's such a huge transition for you, um, like working and being so involved in Palestine, and then coming here with your whole family and into a totally different culture and um, different part of the world. Yeah. Did you find the transition difficult, easy, probably a bit of both? <laughs> uh, well, I may say, I start by saying it's a bit of both. Mm. Um, however, I mean, any journey and any transition to any family, regardless what level of education you have or knowledge mm. or experience, um, it would have its own challenges. Um, and for me, I, I actually followed a, uh, a process in place before uh, we came to New Zealand. So I got, and I, I need to mention here my um, supervisor for my PhD journey, Professor Claire Freeman, because um, she was instrumental 
and uh, she did provide a lot of support, which made my journey easier than um, a journey other people might have mm. or gone through. So she was able to connect me with the um, chaplaincy office with the retired chaplain, Greg Hewson, who connected me uh, with the Muslim community here in in, uh, in Dunedin. So mm. I started, and particularly Dr. Najib Lafray, brother Najib and his, his wife, uh, Zargona, mm. I contacted them prior, and we used to have those chats via Skype. Oh, great. Uh, that, was, that was available then. And um, uh, they were always attending to my questions about, uh, okay, how, li- how does life look like here in New Zealand? Things I need to be aware of, what to bring with me, what not to bring with me, what my suitcase should have. Um, given the fact that Dunedin has got its own beautiful weather to have the four (laughs) seasons in one day. So um, that was really helpful. And also knowing um, or having some information about the community, the composition of the community in Dunedin, especially uh, the Muslim community and what kind of support that can be provided to migrants and students who come um, from different countries. So that was really helpful. And the students, the International Students Office was also helpful. Mm. Um, and um, it can be also about us as a family and how we are people people. We like to um, know people and to have chats with them, to host them in our own place, um, you know, um, share with them um, our culture Uh, Because we do believe that in order for you to be accepted and respected, you would start with yourself to be respectful and accepting. Mm. So um, that has been, um, the the, uh, let's say, the attitude throughout the journey. Even though I had to leave the country for some years um, following um, obtaining my PhD, I left the country because I couldn't secure a job. Mm. But still, I had connections here because my older children were studying at the university. So during that time that I left New Zealand, I maintained relationships with my friends and the connections I made here. Then in in 2018, I returned um, and started working to support former refugees mm. um, for two years um, before I joined my current role in the public sector supporting community development. Mm. Um, so it's been a journey where we had to discuss a lot as a family. Yeah, um, it's been it's been challenging to me, to my husband, to my kids, kids who grew up uh, for some time in Palestine and came uh, to continue their education here. A child who was born here then moved to Palestine for four years and then coming back to live here. So it's a lot of education, um, many changes. Yeah. And you need you need always to discuss those aspects like um, it wouldn't have worked without being in discussions all the time, um, keeping everyone in the family, including extended family back home um, informed about the next step and how can how can we all how we can all together you know, work together in order for the next step to be smooth and um, to achieve the, the, gar- the target or the goal that we have as a family. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
That's amazing, and I love that you you say like the family talked it through the whole time because um, I'm an immigrant as well, and although my culture wouldn't have been as different, like the American culture wouldn't have been as different to the Palestinian culture coming to New Zealand. I came on my own, and and so like subtle things were happening, and and I didn't always talk about it. I didn't know a lot of expats, and um, initially, and and it, um, yeah. So things can be going on inside of you that if you're not talking about it, you don't really understand what's happening and where you fit in and how you belong. And so I love that your family just had that open communication the whole time. To And I would say that this has developed with time mm. because we, we grow up, we became, we become more mature and we become more experienced in um, how the best approach um, and the, the right strategy that would help everyone. Mm. Um, and you have to, um, as a family, like family members have to sometimes not give up some of what they would like to do, but at least to think differently about some of the things they would like to achieve um, as family members, but it is also for the sake of uh, supporting the rest of the family, mm. making sure that um, we're happy mm. in, uh, where we live and where we uh, and with what we do. Mm. Um, like many of the things that we've been doing here would, would seem out of the box in our home country, but okay. we, we also believe that as long as it doesn't um, annoy anyone else, and as long as we are within the our um, cultural, um, especially faith, and we do things um, in a lawful way mm. uh, according to our religious or the religious teachings we follow, um, mm. Islam and Islamic teachings, um, then there should be no problem with that. Even if it sounds different to other people who are coming from our culture uh, or to people back home, Mm. um, still, if we're happy to do it without annoying anyone, causing any trouble to anyone, sticking to our faith and the the true teachings of Islam, Mm. not just not the practices that some people would would do with the name of Islam, you know. Mm. So then as long as all those things are happening, we're happy to carry on with what we're doing. Mm. It's a lot of adjustment, I would say. Yeah. And I also like that you said um, earlier about the self-respect piece that's so important before you can sort of go out and work and respect others. And I, and I think we all have our journeys in life, but especially when you immigrate and immerse yourself in another culture, it's also self-awareness, like to know yourself and how you fit in yeah. and what part might, like you say, you might not, it might not look like every um Muslim or Palestinian story in New Zealand, but it works for you and just being aware of um, what makes you happy and what makes you feel fulfilled in life within the realms of your faith Indeed. and your culture. Like, I Indeed. think that's really important. So, yeah, thanks yeah, for and sharing we, we all as migrants, however, I'm a, I'm a, a citizen now, uh, which, but mm. that doesn't mean that I'm, um, originally, when I came, I came as a migrant. So mm. uh, there are many things that um, were or still new to me. Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm trying in my uh, work capacity and also in my personal capacity and the private capacity is 
to to support other migrants and other families understand um, what opportunities are available for them mm. and how they can actually um, make use of those opportunities, um, take them, um, and always having in mind that you have got your own qualities, your experience, your um you know, those qualities that would enrich any opportunity you would take. Mm. Um, so don't look at yourself being a migrant, don't, especially women. Mm. Don't look at yourself as an inferior and as mm. someone who is going to be told what to do. Um, you have got those skills, those qualities. Uh, you can always enrich any place you go to, even if it is just a matter of being part of a discussion, not necessarily in any in a workplace mm. or work opportunity. Even if you take part in any discussion around um, that takes place around the city, um, you have a lot to add and yeah. you have a lot um, to contribute uh, with. And uh, don't be afraid to talk, um, talk your mind and uh, speak loudly about how you feel mm. and uh, how else you can help and support. Because I believe for migrants and for ethnic communities, there is a lot for New Zealand organizations and government agencies to learn and mm -hmm. New Zealand people to learn as much as we as migrants need to learn about New Zealand systems in place. So it's it should be reciprocal. Yeah. And it wouldn't happen if it doesn't come from the people themselves. Yeah. So any knowledge that you would gain through reading, which is great, or through looking into other resources, they are informative and they can tell you lots about a specific culture. But it is not as relevant and as natural as having it from the people themselves who belong to that specific culture. Yeah. And it's great that because when you are a new in a country, you can feel a bit shy and timid and, and not understanding. Even humor is different, which is, is such a big part of us. But it's that so you're true. encouraging yeah. people to say, use your voice. Your voice is really important and you have a lot to add. Yeah. And it's so enriching. I know specifically in Dunedin that the different migrants who have come here and emigrated and have really added to the richness of the culture so that's great they have your support to encourage them and to to know they're part of us you know it's yes yes indeed and a part of that education as well is that we're all human beings mm -hmm. none of us is perfect uh we do make mistakes but we learn from our mistakes so um we're human beings it's natural yeah. to make mistakes and um, some of the especially women and here I focus on women because mm. I worked closely with a number of um, with different groups around the country um, you know the lack of knowledge about the um, systems and policies in place sometimes makes um, migrants you know feel afraid that if they um, make any mistake that this will be taken negatively and this will be taken against them mm. um, to a certain level. I mean, I'm not talking about legal aspects here. I'm talking about mistakes that any human being could make. Mm. Uh, so it's it's always important that we discuss those things, those um, incidents, um, get some advice from people around us. And mm. I'm really happy and feel um lucky that I and my family moved to a country like New Zealand because mm. 
it is known by its diversity. Mm. Um, it's known by people understanding diversity and trying to understand more. Yeah. Um, people are open to education and open to get more knowledge. There are, wherever you go around the world, there are people who are not collaborative and people who wouldn't, um, you know, who wouldn't necessarily um, support you as you go. But it's everywhere. But I would say the majority of the people here in New Zealanders, Kiwi, and, um, you know, and whoever comes and join and whoever came and joined the country to become a Kiwi, mm. um, everyone is is open to more education and open to support you regardless where you're coming from, your ethnicity, your gender, which is great. And I think this cannot be easily found in many other parts around the world. Wow. Yeah. It is it is great. And like you say, there's people everywhere that aren't open, but for the most part, New Zealanders do seem to be very open and keen to learn yeah. and accepting. And I just want to ask you a little bit. So the show is called Wondering Women, and we always, um, like we say in our intro, to hear the stories of women. And in particular, you mentioned a couple of times, like how you're passionate about supporting the women mm. migrants and I don't know. Can you tell us a little bit about what specific what specific areas is different to supporting women, or what um, what focuses that are different that women specifically need, and how that helps um, the families and the societies adapt to their new situations? Yeah, thank you. Well, I believe that um, you know every human being would need support in mm -hmm. certain areas especially when you um, move to another country as a migrant however with women in particular and it might be because of my experience working with former refugee women and working with women uh, from ethnic communities um, and especially muslim women i would say um, openly and clearly that it is known that or it has been taken as um an idea, I would say, that Muslim women are not supported. They are, um, they live in a masculine community. Um, they don't have a say. Uh, they can't voice out their concerns. They follow men who are the breadwinners. And um, women are deprived of some of their rights. Mm -hmm. um, they are um, under different level of pressure. Uh, because of those aspects. Mm. I would say that um, it, this can be true to some some families and some women coming from different cultures. Mm. Um, it can be true for women who are coming from the same culture and not true for other women who are coming from that same culture. Mm. So um, it's an experience that varies um, and it is case by case by case. So working with women, um, I've, I felt like, oh, no, it's not the case. We have women who are really knowledgeable. They are well-respected in their communities and specifically by their husbands or mm. um, males in the family. Mm. Um, they can contribute to the well-being of other women. Um, therefore, I need to be, um, you know, giving that some uh, attention Mm -hmm. um, regardless whether that in, that is in my work capacity or in my uh, personal capacity. 
So particularly, um, I followed a um, cultural well-being framework that was developed by the Ministry um, of Women in New Zealand, endorsed by the Prime Minister, and it was endorsed by a number of multicultural councils around New Zealand. However, nothing was done around that here in Dunedin until I was trained on it, mm. and um, thought that I will be, I will carry on uh, doing that and um, you know apply the knowledge and the skills I acquired and the knowledge I acquired during that training so we could have some women networks that could support each other, not necessarily to be in a formal way. Mm. It can be around the same neighborhood. It, it can be around the same ethnicity. It can be around the same religion or faith. Um, any group of women who meet for any purpose mm. can be there to support each other. Hmm. And this really worked well uh, during the pandemic mm-hmm. because it was really difficult to reach out to those you can't reach out to. And the best people to know about them are those the closest to them. Yeah. Um, whether that is in a neighborhood or that is in a certain community. Um, so they have their means of communication. They know better about the needs of each other and they can better support each other. Yeah. So the training I received around that framework, I passed it on to a, a groups of women. Um, one was in Arabic language for speakers of Arabic. Another or another two were for speakers of, um, it was conducted in English for speakers, not necessarily speakers of English, mm. but they are, they, um, the, the, the language of training was English. Um, but they were, for example, Chinese, um, Indian, uh, women, women from South Africa and other parts of, uh, the world. And those women decided that they would like to be part of that training. And some of that training took place in uh, the households of some women who were ready to welcome us and host us to that training. Wow. And towards the end of the training, uh, this means that each one of them be- became um, community facilitator. Um, and she, in her, in her in turn, her role would be to support other women and try and work with them um, around that framework. And the framework was focusing on um, access to information, knowing that you're safe, your family is safe, access to economics and how you can make sure that you have got enough on your plate uh, to offer to your family. Mm. Um, um, A lot around how to keep yourself safe, your family safe, family violence issues, where to go in case you face any of those difficulties. It was also how to position yourself within the, um, the culture here. Uh, the the melting pot of different cultures in the and, and how to position yourself and how also to um, you know to enrich as we discussed earlier to enrich any um, any opportunity you take part in with the knowledge and experience you know and you have um, so those are the main aspects of yeah. the framework wow that sounds amazing so women supporting women and and empowering yeah. women in their own homes and communities. Gosh, we could do a whole show on that. We might have to 
Yeah, yeah, we might have um, another show focusing on this and the aspects of the framework. Yeah. And if anyone would like to know more about this, I'm more than happy to pass the knowledge on. And uh, and I've got some resources, I mean, hard copies, and I can pass them on. Wow. So uh, that can be a, an idea for another show indeed. Yeah, I would love that. <laughs> um, we just have to wrap up in a minute, but I just want to make a couple of comments um, how you started that segment on women and how in the Muslim culture they can be perceived a certain way within the religion. But, A, I know some of the strongest women I know are Muslim women, and yourself yeah. included. And you mentioned Zargona before. She's been on our show as well. Um, yeah. And also that dynamic of men being in power can happen in any religion or any culture yeah. as well, yeah. and, and and does. <laughs> So, um, but thank you for sharing that. That was that was really helpful. So, just before we go, we always finish our wondering women episodes with the same question for every guest. I didn't give you any pre warning about this, but it, the question is: Do you have any advice for your younger self that you wish you would have given a young Mai to help her navigate the world in in a better way? What one piece of advice do you wish? Um, someone had told you to make life a bit smoother. Yeah. Um, yeah, I should have had some warning about that. <laughs> That's not fair of me. <laughs> Correct. But I think one of the stereotypes um, or the miss, um, or some of the wrong ideas that um, I used to be told when I was uh, younger is that um, all non-Muslims are not good. Mm. So either you be a believer or not, you know. And to be quite honest, I found that this is a very wrong um, statement. Mm. Um, and it took me some time, um, not that long, because I did work with um, non-Muslims before, um, given that I worked with international organizations in Palestine. So it it is, in reality, in reality, I would say that I was able to practice Islam um, more freely here in New Zealand than in 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 Palestine, and I I received all the respect from non-Muslims, mm. regardless what they believe in, mm. because basically that was respect of self and being respected, as I mentioned earlier. Mm. So I wish that. Um, you know, uh, people in my country would have that luxury to experience living with non-Muslims and, um, you know, enjoy that, mm. enjoy that, experience it and know that what they, some of them would tell their children is wrong. Yeah. Because this can affect and limit the possibilities that you might be looking at or the opportunities you might be looking at. Mm. Um, and I, I really, I highly value every single relationship and connection I made with Muslims and non-Muslims. We are all human beings and we value each other as human beings. Wow. Beautifully said, Mai. Thank you for sharing that piece of wisdom and all the wisdom you've shared with us in this last half hour. We wish you very well, your family and, you. and your work. And thanks for all you contribute to our community. Oh, thank you so much. And oh. thanks for having me. It's meant a lot to be on your show. Oh. You've been a great hostess. And uh, thank you for um, 
being there for the community and for women to to wonder <laughs> to, what women have been doing. Uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Maya. And thanks to all our listeners who have tuned in and we'll see you next time. But for now, Kakiteano. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air.